Hey, everybody. Just to let you know, this podcast may contain some adult or possibly offensive language. No nudity, though. <laughs> Unless you're thinking about naked people. I'm kind of stubborn. I don't believe in writer's block. So I learned different ways to, to cheat that shit. So, so Rakim doesn't take losses, and he doesn't get writer's block. And he doodles on other MCs. <laughs> Easily. Regularly. Float <laughs> <laughs> up. Yo, 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 everyone, this is Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, what up? This is Bobito Garcia, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. Welcome to What's Good with Stretch and Bobito, your source for untold stories and uncovered truths from movers and shakers around the world. We're talking art, music, film, sports. And everything in between. Today's guest is the one and only, the only one, the God Rock Kim, the MC of MCs. It's been a long time, long time. It's been a long time. That's Rakim solo in 1997 off his debut album, The 18th Letter. DJ premiere on the chick 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 But before he went solo, he was part of the rap duo Eric B. and Rakim. They went their separate ways in 1992. I was a fiend. Before I became a teen, I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated. So when hip hop was originated, fitted like pieces of puzzles, complicated. Classic, classic, classic. Even though it has been a long time since Rakim came onto the scene, he's still influencing generations. In 1986, he brought a lyrical sophistication to emceeing that was years ahead of his peers. Ain't yeah. that right, Bob? No, I mean, honestly, it could possibly still be ahead of its time all these years later. He really set a a standard for hip hop MCing that only few have really just touched the precipice of. So stretch, where were you the first time you ever heard Rakim? He's the type of MC that you actually remember, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I could I could paint the picture. Sure, I was in do. my bedroom at my parents' house on East Ninety First Street here in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh I had a Kenwood receiver. It was locked into 107.5 WBLS. The Rap Attack. The Rap Attack with Mr. Magic and Marley Maul. Hey, what you tell Renny be illin', man? Ain't nobody illin', man. I'm chillin', listening to Mr. Magic. 107.5 WBLS. Class in New York. Chillin'. That's me. Chillin'. Rap Attack. And that's when I first heard the track, My Melody. But it actually wasn't the full song, My Melody, by Eric B. and Rakim. The beat from My Melody, Marley had premiered earlier as an instrumental that he had run from Run DMC. Really? Rhyme Over. Really? I didn't know that. And and it was never released? No, it was just a freestyle. Yes, yes, y'all. And we don't stop. We're keeping on and rocking the house, y'all. I'm going slow and showing rock, knocking, shocking the mind. Killing, chilling, and killing. So won't you check out the rhyme? He put that beat on and Run just does the destruction. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just goes in on that beat. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and that, and that became the foundation for my melody. Turn up the bass, check out my melody, hand out a cigar. I'm letting knowledge be born, and my name's the R. AKI am not like the rest of them. I'm not on the list. Catch what I'm saying, I drop lines like a scientist. But, you know, that was when, when listening to, to rap radio, 
you know, in the in the mid and late '80s, was like essential listening. Like you had to listen week to week because sure. things like that would happen, and you just didn't know what what it was going to be. And that sure. was that was a colossally important moment when my melody dropped. Word. All right, everybody, coming up, the master architect. Check out his technique. 007. You got to know the ledge. The R. Rock him. We'd like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, Sony Music Latin, presenting Grammy Award-winning artist Ile, a Puerto Rican singer and composer known for her work with Calle 13. Her debut album, Elevitable, garnered her a Best New Artist nomination at the Latin Grammys. It also won the award for the Best Latin Rock, Urban, or Alternative Album at the 60th Annual Grammy Awards. Her new single and video, titled Odeo, is available everywhere now. Some things were meant for each other. Fries and milkshakes, selfies and duck face. And now, what's good with Stretch and Bobito and Spotify? Yes, the same app that has millions of songs now also has thousands of podcasts. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite shows and discover new ones. To subscribe to ours, search for What's Good with Stretch and Bobbito, tap follow, and get every new episode delivered to you. Podcasts on Spotify, they're streaming right now. And now, and now. And we're back. Beyond honored to have with us in the studio musical legend Rakim. Rakim, welcome to our show. Thanks, my brothers. Thanks for having me, man. Well, no right doubt. Up. No yeah. doubt. So listen, um, what we're gonna do right now is go back. Way back. Back, back into, into time. time. We have a recording here of you as a young teen prior to becoming the awe, aka Rakim as an MC named Kid Wizard. You go bump with the rhythm, delay with the bass. My name is Ducky Wizard and I'm in the place. So check it out, y'all, and then you don't stop. The because the beat has got to be the short shot. I never stop, y'all. The body rock, y'all. Body. You call me Kid Wizard or Pop, y'all. The president of what I am. You can call me Wiz or call me Rakim. So every time I rock a mic, it's so unique. So check it out, y'all. So take us back. Like, like, uh, did you have a flat top? Did you have a baldy? Did you have a I think a, I had braids at that time, man. Word, I had braids back then, man. Okay. I think that was like like ninth grade right there. Ninth, wow. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. How many socks were you wearing? Oh, you know, the, the, the full toupee on each four. You know what I mean? Come on, man. <laughs> you got your sneakers on. You got your, you got your strings strung up real wide. You want right. the fat look on you. You know what I mean? Probably yep. had on the shell top that night. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That was 1985, and what strikes me about that recording is while you sound like a pro, you still sound very much like you're in 1985. But then a year later, make, 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 a, make a clap to this. Thank you, DJ. Eric B. for president and my melody come out. I came in the door, I said it before. I never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, biting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back. I'm looking for the line, taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking it till I hit my last note. My mind remains a fine, all kind of idea. Self esteem makes it seem like a thought took years to build, but still say a rhyme after the next one. You went from that live recording to that record, which pretty much reinvented the art of rhyming within a year. So, what was going on in your life in that year? Who were your influences when um, you splashed so ridiculously hard? It was, I don't know, man. I think at that time I was really kind of coming into my own. I got knowledge of self. Um, 
around the same time in 85. You know, I started reading a lot of literature and things of that nature, but, you know, hip-hop was flourishing at that point, man. And, um, you know, I, in the hood, I was getting I was getting the juice, you know what I mean? Everybody in the hood was telling me I was that dude. So, you know what I mean? Living off of that, started moving around, doing different shows in different cities, you know, not, not you know, outside of New York, but doing a lot of things around New York. And just got a little little confident, you know what I mean? And um, with that, and like I said, knowledge yourself, man. I think the growth was was kind of crazy that year, man. But um, once I went to Marley Crib and, and walked in his living room, you know, I I knew it was real, and it, it just kind of, you know, let me know I was there. I had no idea I would ever, you know, not only get a chance to make a record, but you know, I was standing in Marley Crib. So I think I grew up real quick that year, bro. Mm. Had you prepared those rhymes prior to getting to Marley's crib? Now, you're talking about Marley Mall, you know, the preeminent producer of the time. Um, Yeah, the melody the melody was already written. I had I had uh, wrote that for a talent show, um, half of it, right? <laughs> talent shows, man. Wow. But yeah, half, half of that rhyme was written for a talent show. And um, it's crazy because I thought I was going to go play football at that point. So I did a, I did a tape where, you know, once I get up in the dorms and, and cats start, you know, beefing, I could put my tape in and shut it down. So, you know, I did a little tape, had uh, the melody, and I had wrote some more of the melody on the tape, put a bunch of rhymes on it, and, um, you know, thought I was going to play football, and uh, somebody knocked on my door, my man Alvin Tony, with Eric B., man, and that changed my whole life. What I'm curious about, though, Rod, is that, you know, obviously, you know, cats is juicing you, telling you, yo, you nice, you know, and you're getting to this point of being at the top producer of the Times studio. Did you take an L at any point? Did you catch a loss? Or did you have any shows where you just left the stage like, yo, I was whacked tonight? Or, you know what I mean? Because, of course, we want to exalt you as as we all would, but you're human. You no doubt. No yeah. doubt. But I'm sorry, bro. I never took an L, man. I'm sorry <laughs> I can't humanize myself for y'all tonight, man. You know what I mean? That was not in the program, man. We'd be in the park all night. Somebody somebody pop off on me, you know what I mean? Right. But but um nah it, it it you had to battle back then. You had to battle. You go sure. up in the park and I was so young, it took me a while to um figure out, you know, how I wanted to approach hip hop and, and 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 how I wanted to um you know let, let let the people know how I get down so you know it it, it changed rapidly man once I started making records well though. what books were you reading at that point you you know you saying you was getting knowledge yourself in eighty five early when I when I first got knowledge yourself it was it was one twenty what is one twenty for our, our audience no doubt one twenty is is the lessons that that the five percent nation of Islam read to master our craft and master ourselves. Take it through 120 and knowledge, 120 of wisdom, 120 understanding, which is 360 degrees. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I was studying, I was studying 120. And the more I was reading that, I started realizing I had to read the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, and, and everything I could get my hands on. Um, writing, man, just, I always wanted to try to, you know, do something different. And once I got to stage knowing, yo, you know, this could be, this can go, you know, professional. I started putting a little more work into my writing, man, trying to get a little more slick with the metaphors, trying to draw pictures, you know, trying to be a wordsmith. So you doodle with your mind. 
Nah, I doodle on the toilet, man. When I'm <laughs> no, I'm not doodle. I said doodle. Yeah, I know doodle. Set, nah, bro. You, you doodle I do, on other I, I, I don't. I don't write rhymes on the toilet, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. You know what I mean? Um, but now, nah, man, is you know, yeah. I, when I sit at the book, man, I do write a bunch of words and a bunch of concepts on the paper when I'm writing. You know, I doodle all the time, man, and and just try to, you know, come up with, uh, you know, different ways to say different things, man. You know what I mean? So, so what happens to the guard, Rakim, when he's constipated? <laughs> metaphorically, metaphorically. I go out, I go out and eat more. I go yep. out and live more. Get, you know get what that I mean? nourishment. Mm. Yes, sir. You nourish the brain. I'm kind of stubborn. I don't believe in writer's block, so I I, I learn different ways to to cheat that shit. So, man. so Rakim doesn't take losses, and he doesn't get writer's block. And he doodles on other MCs. Easily. <laughs> Regularly. Flowed <laughs> up. We're building a nice clockwise. Uh, we, we, we get it to know you better, Rakim. This is a, this is amazing, yo. Much love. No doubt. Um now, your aunt was a famous R and B singer, Ruth Brown. I never knew that nope. until until we start got on to do this podcast. Yeah. And uh she wrote a series of hits in the nineteen fifties for Atlantic Incredible. Records, which at the time was known as the house that Ruth, that built. Ruth built. Mama. Yeah, like like she she had a real big influence on my life, man, and on my career as well. You know, she used to babysit me when I was a little cat. And I, I had the privilege to sit there and just watch her be her. And she was, you know, crazy, crazy down to earth, laid back. Um, I would be at her house before she uh, would have a show that night. And she'd sit back and just, you know, watch TV, watch the news, watch her favorite shows. Then she'd get up, start doing her one-twos. I watched her put a dress on the table, pull out some some clothes glue, hit it with the one two, threw the glitter on it, did the shoes, the hat, bing bing, the pocketbook. She got dressed that night and looked like a star, man. I got too many men. I change like the weather every now and then. I got too many men. I pick one, then another, and I'm gone. Getting a chance to just see how she approached things, it helped me a lot with, with what I do. My aunt taught me through her actions, man, you know what I mean? And, um, of course, she, she, she let me know, you know, what to look out for and things of that nature, man. But I learned so much from her from just, you know, being her nephew and, and watching and being around her, man. What was her impression of hip-hop and specifically your music? Did you, I mean, did you ever rhyme for her? She heard my songs, man, and, and oh, she dope. was she was, she was was real proud of her nephew. And she's real, real sharp with her craft, so she was analyzing what I was doing. She'd tell me she heard, you know, a certain song, and then she'll tell me I remind her of somebody from, you know, back in the days, a, a, a jazz artist or a certain way that I was rhyming, she'll tell me the time code or the, uh, you know what I mean? She was just, she just loved music. Whenever she heard good music, she, you know, she definitely appreciated it. And she, uh, she was proud of her nephew. Well, uh, That's dope. Paid in full, mm. your debut album. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent. So I get deep up, still coming up with lint. So I start 
start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling We still don't nothing move but the money That came out of the time before this phenomenon Of A&R people guiding projects And getting beat tapes from different producers and whatnot So, oh oh yeah, that's true What was the process like for you to select music That, that you felt was appropriate for for the imagery and your metaphors and, and your rhymes and, and on the lyrical side. At that point, you know, fresh out the street, fresh out the park, fresh out the basement parties and, and things of that nature. Um, 1985, um, I was, I was you know, considered like, you know, a, a B-boy MC. I like rhyming off of break beats and... and um, a lot of the jo- a lot of the songs that we pick was joints I used to rhyme off in the park. Um, paid in full, I used to rhyme off of Dennis Edwards all the time. Right. Don't look any further. <laughs> but what was the chorus? It was it bagels, bagels, <laughs> and toast. <laughs> and had a little butter. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was the chorus on that song? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it was. Swahili, bro. Swahili or something. Mama Sam, Mama Sam. Load up. But yeah, that was one of the joints, man. Um, course, James Brown, funky president, um, funky drummer. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the joints that that you know I picked was again joints that I I, I loved to rhyme off in the park, mm-hmm. and um, you know, sampling wasn't that big when we first started doing it. You know what I mean? But um. I came from a musical family, so I love rhyming off of live music. Sampling was my thing, and we, you know, gave it a try, tested it out, man, and, and it, you know, it's a blessing that it did what it did. And, and did you have any idea of the impact that Paid in Full would have while you were in the studio? Not at all, man. Mm. Never been in a professional studio before. Never been in a studio while somebody was creating an album. So everything was kind of organic, man, for for... You know, me and Eric B to kind of do what we did. I was 17. I was 17, about to turn 18 in a few months. But um, it was a hard decision because you know I had to, you know, I had to sign out of school. I was still in high school. You were allowed to drop out of high school to sign your contract? No doubt. My mom and pop went up to the school really? to sign me out. No doubt. Wow. You know, I didn't want to just drop out. You know what I mean? I was I was doing my thing in school. Again, I wouldn't know um bookworm but I was passing my classes doing my thing and it was just you know opportunity was there and um you know when the record dropped I had no idea it was gonna take off and they booked a tour for us so you know things was moving fast so had to had to promise mom and pop I would get my GED or some type of um you know and, and did you Hey, yo, Barbito, man, stop asking questions <laughs> like that on the air, this man. This is my time. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think, I think what I've done, I, I got a, uh, something that they would they would appreciate. I was gifted a, a honorary degree, you know what I mean? So it, it, I, I feel that's a little better than a GED. Oh, where at? Um, across seas. Um, don't ask me the name of the college right now, Barbito. Can't remember that right now. I mean, stretch know what I'm talking grand, about. Stretch the college. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, up, man. Ra, you mentioned earlier uh, football. That was one of your passions. Yes, Perhaps sir. would have been the your course in life if you had not discovered hip hop. Um, just curious if if you had become a professional football player and found yourself in today's environment, would you be one of those players 
taking a knee last wow. year? And what would you do next year? I think deep down I am who I am. If it's if it's rapping, if it's you know being a father, if it's you know I still had the same ideologies on life. So I w- I would have been not only nailing down, I would have been you know encouraging you know my team to to make a stand as well. Once I would have started seeing all the turmoil, then you know of course um, I would have tried to implement smart ways of bringing consciousness to the situation, man. Um, I think that's all it is, man. I think with with all the craziness that's going on, nobody want to stir the pot. But we got to make sure that, you know, everybody has their justice, man. And, and you know, athletes, um, musicians and actors and, and things of that nature, we have a lot of power. So if we can influence the kids and the, the neighborhood to stand up, man, you know, we should be able to do that no matter what platform it is. You're very much informed by your spirituality and... That the foundation of that is, I'm imagining your conversion into uh, the five percenters, which for our audience is a offshoot or a sect of the Nation of Islam, which is a, a, a offshoot sect of Islam. Um, you know, in, in 2018, we're seeing a, a worldwide resistance to uh, a religion which uh, represents a lot of positivity for a great number of people around the world. Indeed. You still hold yourself to to the tenets of 5%, the 5% nation? Well, no doubt. I credit that to a lot of my success, man. Not only just, you know, having access to literature and things of that nature, but the the person that, that it taught me to be, you know what I mean? So I credit a lot of my success to that, a lot yeah. of who I am to that. And um, of course, man, I, I I hold that dear to my heart. That's that's what keeps me grounded. Keep me uh, I'm not a saint, but um, it keeps me grounded and keeps me um, uh, you know, forward, man. So, do you find yourself having a kinship with uh Muslims? You know, there's all these horrific moments on on television with the way uh they are treated, you know, policies and Muslim bans. You know, what are your reactions to that? I think people need to, um, you know, if it's the Bible you read, I think you need to read your Bible a little closer. Hmm. I think a good way to put it, man, it's always a word that I like to pass around, and it's humility. And I think if everybody realized that was an important word, then they would stop stereotyping and psychoanalyzing and, and... discriminating and all these things, man. Um, you know, like I said a minute ago, nobody's perfect, and a lot of us strive to be righteous or, you know, at least, you know, good people, man. But um, if you are a good person, you shouldn't be um, feeling the way you feel against, you know, people of different, you know, ethnicity, ethnicities and different uh, beliefs. So, you know, come on, come on, America. Come on, world, wake mm. up. What, what, one of my favorite songs by you is uh, Casualties of War, where Mm. you describe post-traumatic stress syndrome. And I think one of the most powerful verses from that song is where you're talking about going to bomb or going to attack Saddam and his and his people and you you have this epiphany like well we share the same faith I can't well, do that. Go to the army be all you could be another dead soldier hell no not me 
so I start letting off ammunition in every direction. A law is my only protection, but wait a minute, Saddam Hussein praise the same. And this is Asia from where I came. I'm on the wrong side, so change the target. Shooting at the general, and where's the sergeant? Blame it on John Hody Hawkins for bringing me to America. Now it's mass hysteria. I get a brush when I see blood dead bodies on the floor. It's very powerful. So, um, one of the main beliefs of the 5% nation is that black men are gods. So, how do you feel about non-5%ers calling you the god? That's that's a blessing within the package, man. Um, you know what I mean? It's like icing on a cake. Um, you know, when, when I first started rapping, you know, of course, I wanted the world to know I studied uh, Islam and, and wanted them to know what, I, what my uh, beliefs was. But you know, I had I had a lot of titles. You know what I mean? Um, Mike Fiend, the Punisher, um, MC Murder. I wouldn't think of a new name every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> every Double day, world is born. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> we we could probably go through a couple albums and at least get like twenty names. Aldo yeah. Capone. You know what I mean? Um, sheesh. But, right, um, right, right. Well, I'm glad you dropped uh, Kid Wizard. That, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was a little. That was a little young. I was a little. <laughs> I was a little. Uh, that was my magic. My my imaginative MC. Uh, yeah. It was uh, good for '85. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. up, man. It it, it was uh, my way of saying I was kind of magical with the mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, man. It's it's uh, you know, like I said, man. I I would come up with a lot of names, but for the you know the guard to stick man i mean that for people to use the term it's almost like making them conscious that it exists it's like normal not normalizing the word but but making it acceptable so that everybody can use it yo ra you, you once told rolling stone i never say a rhyme before it's time i just realized that that actually is a rhyme um, <laughs> What what is what does that mean to you and how do you know when a rhyme has the right time? Um it's, I guess it's my process. Sometimes I would write rhymes and there's a certain part of the 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 rhyme that I would want to make a little better. So, you know, I would leave it there till I can enhance whatever part or whatever bar that I wanted to, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you write a rhyme, then you read it back, you're like, mm, that part right there could have been a little better. That, You know what I mean? So you'll wait till the, till the right, you know, feel come along and, you know, when it's time and you can pop off. But until then, you know, I, I, I hate rushing because I know what it'd sound like if I had a little more time and I, you know. You gotta get to a point where you're confident uh, in your work, sometimes we got to remember that first instinct. Which verse is the most unfinished that you look back at and say, "Dang, I wish that never. I, mean, I wish I could have gotten back in and, and redone that before." Come God, on, I, what? You know, oh. I know his answer. He's gonna be, "Come on, man, I'm, I'm the God Rock Kim. I take no losses, foolish mortal. Come on, how dare you, come on, Beto? You know already, baby. <laughs> hey, yo, but but I'm my worst critic, man. It's plenty. It's plenty of my what? songs that I wish I could have had more time with. One of the things that I always hated is that I wrote my rhymes in the studio and I would read them from the book straight to the recording. And when I look back, I would have memorized my song a little bit better so that I could say it with, you know, a little more feeling. You know what I mean? You know how it is wow. when you're reading something or sure. if you know it by heart. So that's yeah. that. I regret that to this day, man. We, I would go to the studio. Every song I did, 
You know, I wrote everything right in the studio, and I would jump up as soon as I finished that last word, if I felt it was ready, run right in the booth, take my book, and 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 lay it down, man. But yeah, I wish I wish I could have a lot of songs and, and a lot of recordings I did. I wish I could have did better. Speaking of right times, you and your old partner Eric B are hitting the road. Actually, you've you've been on the road. I think you still are, right? World up, world up. Big up um, to Eric B, man. Peace so. And love. We want to play a clip of one of our favorite tracks of yours. Okay. Come on, man. I want to hear that shit, oh, too, Oh, he wants man. to hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Run for cover. Yes! Ooh. Yes! Oof. He probably didn't expect that. Not at all. Here I go again. Ooh. Ready to flow again. Better hold my mic, don't blow again. Born by alarms when the mic get warm. Crowd get critical. Can't keep calm. Jet for the exit. Why hang around? Words that I found make the mic melt down. If you stay better, cooperate. Cuts and amputate. And whoever don't break, I'm a suffocate. Leaving with asthma. You better master. Mic to the massacre. Master that has a power to build and destroy at the same time. Subtract the whack and the right and exact shine. But uh. Bob knows some of the words. <laughs> yeah, yo, I haven't heard that record. I, I, I couldn't add on too much myself, man. I ain't hear that in a long time. <laughs> I was saying wrong words. Well, so so you guys split split up in 92. Mm. Um, Bob and I, you know, we had an illustrious uh, uh, time together in the 90s. We split up as well. So we've been in that boat. Mm. Um, why is now the right time for you to collaborate again? You know, honestly, took me a, a while to mature in that situation. It was a lot of opportunities. Um, I always kind of brushed them off not brush Eric B off brush the, the opportunities off but um I got to the point where I realized that it, you know it wasn't about me and Eric B and what we went through we had fans out there that really appreciate what we did and uh, I felt you know that I owed the fans man um to to at least let them see what they made us you know what I mean so I, I felt it was important for us to you know, give that back on the road and whoever wanted to see Eric B and Rakim, you know, for the last time or whatever, you know, it, it may be. We I, I want to make that make that possible. Hold up. And anyone that's a, a creative, um, but trying to make a career of it, you've got that delicate balance between between the business and the creativity, right. uh, which I find kind of a fascinating thing to to just explore what happened business wise back then. I can't beat around the bus because it'll sound stupid, so I'm just going to say, <laughs> you know what I mean? What had happened was, right, we we, we, we wasn't, uh, nah, what happened, uh, <laughs> well, well, you know, we we can't, We had three more albums left on the contract, and Eric B. came up with an idea. He said, yo, Rob, man, look, he said, if, if, he said, if he do a solo joint, I do a solo joint. Then we got back together, did the last joint, our contracts would be up we can negotiate new contracts but meanwhile when he do the solo joint he take all the money for that when i do my solo joint i take all the money for that get back together do album new deal so you know it was money signs um long story short uh eric b did his i signed off and when it was time for me to do mine he didn't want to sign off so that caused a lot of problems and um uh, that caused the you know Break up of Eric B and Rakim, man. But again, man, you know, it, it was business. He felt that if he would have signed for some reason that I wasn't going to sign back to the to the last album. He felt that I was going to cut him out for some reason. But, you know, that, that was the misunderstanding. And, um, you know, we, we, 
You know, I, I ain't gonna front, man. You know, bitter taste in my mouth for a long time. But again, I guess that's, you know, like I said, you know, I, I finally matured on that situation, man, and realized it's bigger than us. So we here right now. Um, you're a descendant of an era that's that's very different in 2018 where mm. the term hip-hop is misinterpreted yes. at times, it's misrepresented at times, it's misused at times. Uh, there was an interview you did on, on TMZ where you were like, hip-hop is taking a lot of different routes throughout the years. You know, you've seen it go through a lot, and at this point you just want to see it prosper. Yes. You know, yeah. where do you stand at, in terms of caring about the departure of what hip-hop means to so many people and us not necessarily controlling it anymore. It's gotten out of our hands. It's gotten too big. Seeing it struggle and seeing seeing where it came from, you know, that's that's why I say, you know, I just always wanted to see it prosper. I like when I'm I'm looking at TV and a serial commercial come on and, you know, the 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 dude wearing a fat chain, a fat dookie chain and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I seen the, the Kool-Aid commercial with come on, man, like like uh, that's when I'm like, yo, we made it, man. We made it. You know what I mean? And it feels good to see it grow and 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 how it affects the world now. Mm. Um, of course, man. You know, I, I wish that you know some of the ground roots of what made hip hop what it is still existed. The sound of of hip hop, but it's not good when you go too far away from the genre. You know what I yeah, mean? We've grown too far from yes, the man. I think like back in the days. You know, I, I think we, we knew what it was, but there was people like y'all that, that reminded us like, nah, nah, so it, it's okay to make it dirty like that, man. You know what I mean? It's all right that it's hip hop and that it don't sound radio friendly, or you know what I mean? So I think if we could just be a little more informal form and keep that era alive, I think it'll kind of start circulating back into the studios and, and people's feel for what hip hop is. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So listen, we're going to take a, a short break. You've been talking a lot. We're going to take a little break and we're going to come right back with the impression session. Hey, y'all, Sam Sanders here. I just talked to Sid. She's a singer in a band called The Internet. And her voice, it reminds me of somebody. That sounds like Aaliyah. Everybody says that. I'm flattered. <laughs> this week on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from Babbel, a language program that quickly teaches real-life conversations in a new language. Choose from Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Babbel's 10 to 15-minute lessons use interactive dialogues and speech recognition technology to get you speaking your new language correctly and confidently. Try Babbel for free by downloading the app, or going to Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. We're back. That means one thing is time for the impression session. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here's how it works. We're going to play you each a track, and you just react. Simple as that. Gotcha. I'm going to drop mine first. New York, New York, the big apple. New York, New York, New York, New York, 16 million feet, nationals, Tom McCann's floor shine, stepping on each other, rejoicing over the death of one nigga toe. Cold, callous feet trotting up and down synthetic avenues, streets and gardens, gardens that grow shit. 
regards to a putty face being sit emotionlessly admiring bastard flowers. New York, New York. A prerequisite to America, a disguised sin, where some brother from that closed southern shit comes to some open northern shit for a vacation. For an opportunity. An opportunity that knocks up sisters. That, of course, is New York, New York by The Last Poet. And, of course, rest in peace to Jalal Mansour Duridan, who just passed away. Anyway, I can't. What's your, what's your impression of that? It's like, you know, the truth in your face. You know, they weren't trying to spoon feed knowledge to you. They was expressing ideologies that we should adapt to again. You know what I mean? When I first heard them, I was real young. Luckily, I had an older brother that was you know, in into everything and I was air hustling and writing his back pocket nine times out of ten. Hmm. But um hearing the last poets, that's that that's like what I got from them. Like, yo, you don't have to try to spoon feed nobody or, you know, give them something that you feel that they don't want. It's like the carrot on the string. You know what I mean? And and, and that's how they get down. One of my favorite lines from the last poets is E pluribus unum means one out of many. Wow. Beautiful. Well, Thank you. All right, Rakim, I got a uh I got a song for you. Uh check it out. Y un diente de oro que cuando ríe se ve brillando. Como a tres cuadras de aquella esquina, una mujer va recorriendo la acera entera por quinta vez. Y en un saguán entra y se da un trago para olvidar. El día está flojo y no hay clientes para trabajar. Un carro pasa muy despacito por la avenida. No tiene marcas, pero todos saben que es policía. Pedro Navaja, las manos siempre dentro del gabán. Señor Raquem, dímelo, por favor, dímelo. <risa> Feel ¿Qué like, piensas tú? Feel like I was on uh, Fordham Road on 170th, man, right there <laughs> under the L. Come under the, when you under the L, it sound real good under the L, man. You know what I mean? No doubt. Yo, no man, doubt. that's 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 that good music right there. That's the shit I be trying to sample. Them, oh, sound, wow. them sounds in there and them horns and you know what I mean? And it, and it and it also made me feel like I was missing out, bro. Thank you, man. I don't speak Spanish, man. Oh, I mean, you, you know what's you know what's you know what's crazy. Like you know, we we feel music, you know, is is that universal language. Even though if you don't know what they're saying, but when you hear good music in a different language, you you wish you knew what they were saying. Right? Mm. That's Willie Colon. Yes, sir. Uh, the singer is Ruben Blades, mm. uh, de Panama, and the song is Pedro Navaja. Is is one of the monster titles mm. in, in Latin music comes from the 70s. And the reason why I played it for you, it comes from an era where salsa, it had a force and a and a narrative that was political, that was storytelling. Mm. And that like period of like 69 to kind of like 74, 75 is like, it's just, just a great period where a lot of people were exploring their African roots. Mm. They were exploring... Um, Political messaging, right. you know, social issues, and you know, th- it's it's a parallel to hip hop. You know, from '86 yes, to about '93, you know, it, it kind of like this this mirror effect of people having knowledge of self, you know, uh, political social issues and, right. and rhymes. 
and um, you know, and 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 you know, you don't have to understand Spanish to understand it. To feel, he right. was yeah, he was talking some some smack right there. You know, it, it, was, it was he was talking profound. Uh, I heard the word guapo, and I know what that means. <laughs> Beautiful rock. So, um, the rest is up to you, Rock. Come and say peace. Rock, I was gonna say, say yeah, peace. Don't forget, peace. Peace, 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 peace and love, man. Yo, Rob, man, that's our show, and yo, I, I can't tell you what a what a an honor and a pleasure it was to to spend this time with you. Hey, man, thanks really. a lot. Thanks for the welcome, at y'all, man. And y'all keep up the good work, geez. It's you know, a blessing that, like I said, man, we 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 have some real um, knowledgeable uh, people that understand hip hop. It's good to have y'all still, you know, in the loop, man. That's like the I root. said, we need that. We need that. So keep up the good work, y'all. Peace. Word up. Peace. That is our show. This podcast was produced by Michelle Lands, edited by Jordana Hochman and Nigeri Eaton, and our executive producer is Abby O'Neill. Music provided by Ellie Escobar, as well as our own Bobito Garcia. And if you liked our show, you can hear more at npr.org and bonus video content on Spotify on Fridays. Kindly go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. That's... (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we know you're listening. And if you want to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Stretch and Bobito, and our Twitter is Stretch and Bob. What about peace? Peace! Peace!